Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe. And after a thrilling T20 series, although the last game didn't live up to expectations perhaps, our attention now turns to the 50-over format with world champions England looking to end their long tour of India on a high. Over the next hour, I'm joined as always by former England fast bowler Steve Harmison to look ahead to the three-match series. We'll also be discussing Jofra Archer and his ongoing elbow problem. We'll dissect England's 14-man squad and ask if some of the fringe players will get an opportunity. We'll also get the Indian perspective from our old friend, the excellent cricket writer and broadcaster, Barrett Sundarason. As well as that, we'll hear from England captain Owen Morgan, coach Chris Silverwood and Liam Livingston. You're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. Well, Harmi, I don't know, people say, what's the point of these games? How important are they? And one thing that has changed in my years of covering international cricket is the pretense that all games are equal. For years and years, for decades, players would dutifully say, every time you pull the England shirt on or whatever country you play for, it's the same. It's the same intensity. Every game is important. Now, that is important, but let's be honest. Every, every game is not equal. It's, not, it's no longer that kind of society in that kind of a world, is it? No. Good morning, Manners. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a little bit sort of after the Lord Mayor's show, shall we say. I mentioned and joked the other day we should, be, we should apply to the e- <clears throat> sorry, ICC and say... Um, can we just sort of forfeit forfeit 30 overs of the first innings each and then play three 2020s because that it was an amazing series but there are there are times you have to to sort of tick boxes and go through the calendar you have to play a certain amount of games and 
to say to say it as simple as it doesn't mean as much, they'll look at spare a thought on someone like Reese Topley or Sam Billings. Um, these guys are going to potentially play Matt Parkinson, um, Liam Livingston. They're potentially going to play one of the three one-day internationals. So for them, it's going to mean something, um, and it's going to mean a great deal to the likes of you know Stokes and I don't know a Rashida Wood. Possibly a bit different because of, of what's just happened in the in the the T Twenty series, but it's still a game for England. It's still a game you you pull the three lions on, and and it's one where I'm I'm sure you know they will still have an eye on that World Twenty Twenty around the corner, and it's going to be intriguing to see how England go about it because there's some marked changes from the last time England put a twenty a fifty fifty over squad together. We didn't actually get any games because. You were out in South Africa working for TalkSport 2. We were sitting in 17th floor in London and the, the South African series got abandoned. So there, there, are, there are question marks on, on what England had then to what England have got now. And with no cricket in between, there is a couple of big, big omissions. I'm not suggesting, I was never suggesting for a minute that, that any of the players are, are going to have uh, trouble motivating themselves. I mean, as you say, you pull on the England shirt and it is still massive. Um, but, you know, it's it's not a World Cup campaign and it's not a series in the build-up to a World Cup campaign and it's a golden opportunity to have a look at some of those uh, those um, fringe players, if you like, although England's uh, fringes are a lot wider than yeah. they used to be. There's, you know, there's, there's, there's 20 players uh, who um, are easily good enough to play white ball international cricket for England. So I definitely wasn't suggesting that. I just think that, you know, it, it is time now um, with so many fixtures and the congestion of fixtures to admit that all all games are not equal but you know what England are defending world champions in the 50 over format and um, and Owen Morgan is very proud of that and and rightly so he was speaking a little bit earlier this morning with TalkSport 2's Scott Taylor let's hear from him we have plenty of options I think we're spoiled for choice in batters who certainly want to bat in the, the top four it's very similar to the T20 makeup and again, throughout the one-day series, we'll we'll see guys given opportunity more so than we did in the the T20 series. So, yeah, it's it's going to be exciting, you know, playing three games at the same ground against a very very strong Indian side is a huge opportunity for for everybody to go out there and both get back into the the frame of mind and and the pace of fifty over cricket, but also you know guys who haven't had opportunities to to really put their case forward in, in both formats. And there was a lot of talk about this series not being the priority with the Ashes and the T20 World Cup coming up, but any series where you head into as world champions must give you a confidence booster. Absolutely. Um, and I think when you don't necessarily have to be ranked number one in the world as well, but when you're one of the top-ranked teams playing against another top-ranked team, there's always a lot at stake. And I think you know, over the years having not being considered one of those sides when you play against a, a really strong team and come out of it having been productive with runs, wickets or and results. It does help build confidence and learn a lot within the team. And what can you guys learn ahead of... I know it's not the same format as the T20, but you can still learn stuff ahead of that World Cup in October, I presume, in this format. Absolutely. And I, I think build it... Like, Trying to envisage where 50 over cricket is going to be in three years' time is, is, is quite difficult. So the, the challenge for us is always trying to um, 
explore and push the limits as much as we can, given the conditions. And I think in, in conditions that are a little bit alien to us naturally, like India, it's always nice to get out of your comfort zone and learn more about uh, your team and your players to try and you know make mistakes and, and, and learn from them. And Chris Ropes hasn't bowled a ball since September in, in competitive cricket. Is there a worry that he's not played enough cricket or, or is it just part of the, the rest and rotation policy? Uh, Chris was actually extremely unlucky in Sri Lanka, um, obviously to be in close contact with Moen when Moen tested positive for COVID and he had to isolate, which obviously limited his availability around selection in the test matches. And then given the amount of time he's been away, Chris's uh, mental health uh, becomes an absolute priority over his how many overs he's bowled or when he's played games. And this was an opportunity to get Chris home, to see his family and to take some time off ahead of a, a busy rest of the year. And we've seen the, the Test Series didn't go the way, the T20 Series didn't go your way as well. But is this a, is a chance to, to end a tour on a high? Does that give you even more motivation to try and win this ODI Series? Not necessarily. I think, you know, even though we didn't pick up the trophy the other day, we've learned a huge amount and it's been an extremely productive tour so far for us in, in white ball cricket. And I think with, with the bigger picture always being the World Cup in, in both white ball formats, you don't always have to win every series in order to win a World Cup. You continuously need to get better. You need to be um, tested as a side. You need to fail in order to learn. So that involves you know, losing. Uh, which isn't fun, but it's it's part of the journey. There's Owen Morgan uh, talking uh, this morning about the three-match ODI series. Jofra Archer, as we know, will miss the the three ODIs and also the start of the IPL, but we're going to be talking a lot about Jofra in the second half, Harmy, uh, so we won't go there now. I have to say, uh, the Chris Wokes conundrum, the Chris Wokes scenario situation absolutely fascinates me. I mean, he's to my mind, one of the best all-rounders in the world. I honestly believe that uh, he he would play in most test teams and ODI teams um, around the world. I think he, he's that good. He's He's got a central contract. Um, you know, he's been well looked after. He's been with England uh, for the last six months. But, but the truth is, somebody says, so what have you done for the last six months, Wokes? He might well say, well, nothing. Yeah. I mean, what's going through his mind? Yeah, it's a hard one on, on the woke situation because when I look at this, I think this is, it is hard when he, when he says, when no one says he's too close in contact with Moen Ali, yes, that was a massive blow for England, not having Moen, but not having for Wokes, for, for Schlanker. And whenever you're trying to play catch up on a tour, i.e. you get an injury in the in the pre pre-games beforehand or you, you a little bit about of illness beforehand it is very difficult to catch up and that seems to be the effect of, of Chris Wokes what what smells of what Owen Morgan says there is uh, when it comes to the mental side of Chris Wokes um, I looked at it one way and thinking this was the ideal time to get Chris Wokes in to play some cricket three games he's got to go through quarantine period to get back in the country because he's going straight into the IPL this might, there might be an underlying problem here that the amount of time Chris Wilkes has been aware, you know, having a young family, he might have thought that was quite difficult. And having to go to the IPL for the next eight weeks, 
Wokes, ECB, Morgan, Matterton might be coming to the conclusion that we're not even going to give you an extra three weeks in India because of the amount of time you're going to have to spend in the IPL bubble. So that's that potentially could be one scenario that England might have been thinking of because it's not on selection. Chris Wokes plays not a problem at all. He plays in this team not a problem. He was in the last starting 11 that was going to play, probably going to play in South Africa along with Joe Root batting at number three. Um, so it is a disappointment for England fans not to see Chris Wokes, but I think when you look at the bigger picture, Chris Wokes is going to play eight weeks, nine weeks potentially of an IPL. So to add another three, three and a half weeks on top of that, the, that might come into the, the ECB's thought process. But you know, I, again, I'm, I'm with you. I think he's one of England's top, top all-rounders and why he's not there, I really, really struggle. It's debilitating, isn't it? I mean, I know that you, you've been on tours and it's one thing when, when you're playing, even, even if you're losing, I mean, it's dispiriting, but it's debilitating. Never mind COVID, um, to spend that long with the squad and, and not get a game. I mean, it, you know, it's like you and I, when the test match finished in two days, we, we were at a loss for three days. Yeah. We, you know, you'd rather be working. You'd rather be, be, be productive. Uh, and I, I just can't imagine. I mean, he doesn't know what his, what his form is like. Absolutely, and that's that's the, the the problem that probably England had and thought, you know what, let's just leave Chris Wokes to one side. He spent a lot of time, Owen Morgan saying, spent a lot of time inside the bubble without actually playing. He's going to the IPL, just let him be. Let him have these three games off. Let's give him this, this three weeks off. Send him out to quarantine with his IPL side and let him go and we'll see him in the summer. That's not a bad way of looking at it for me. As much as I would love Chris Wokes to play cricket for England, um, if there is an issue where he's had a little struggle inside the bubble. Because like you say, man, as we talk about what this the COVID effect world is in the game of cricket, I, I found, and I'm somebody who spent who spent hours and hours and hours wishing in a place I wasn't, I'd never wanted to be in when I wasn't actually on the cricket field, had a real struggle and I was allowed out the hotel. So I can't imagine what, what, what the bubble life is like. So we have to put that into context. And I just think that is probably what has been on the selector's mind. We've got 16, 17 players out here for the 2020s. Let's pick the squad from here and leave the lads who let's not bring anybody over. Let's just leave them where they are. Joe Root can go and play for Yorkshire. You know, have some time with a family, go and, and uh, by the way, look, I'd back Yorkshire to win the championship because if they've got Joe Root for five or six out of the seven, seven games before the first test match, they're going to win, they're going to win cricket matches. So in, in the same with, with, with Chris Wokes, just leave him be, let him get him next part of his, his cricket calendar, which is the IPL. And we'll see him in the summer. And let's just pick from the people that are around here because England have had a lot of people in this in their squads they've not just had this 17 man squad they had for the 2020 or the 14 man squad they've got here for the ODIs they've got three four other players with them all the time and one of them is Matt Parkinson he's going to get a game but even even in this squad we've got 14 players but they've also kept David Milan, Chris Jordan and Jake Ball, who have been around in India for quite some time. So it's not a, as much as I would like to see Chris Wokes. It doesn't surprise me that they've just picked from what they've got. Plenty more to come here on the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe and Double Ashes winner Steve Harmison. Uh, we'll be heading to Adelaide shortly to uh, see how India's preparations are going with uh, Indian cricket writer and broadcaster Barrett Sundarason, who lives in Adelaide now, in case you're wondering. Uh, but next up, we'll discuss Jofra Archer. 
and where he goes from here. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on Talksport 2. Archer in around the wicket once again. Bowled him! Archer has his revenge. He's got two for 17 now. He's clearly had a, um, a progressive injury that has he has become worse and does need attention. In comes Joffre Archer. Oh, and that's a caught and bold opportunity that is taken by Joffre Archer. I think first and foremost we've got to get to the bottom, get to the bottom of the problem of what's going on there. But first and foremost, you know, we'll be making sure that Joffre's okay. Well, you're listening to the Cricket Collective on Talksport 2 and our preview of England's upcoming ODI series against India. We'll bring every ball live and exclusive here on Talksport 2. As always, our coverage of the first ODI begins at 7.30 on Tuesday morning. I've got a whole bunch of questions that I'd like to ask you, Harmi, about uh, the Joffre Archer situation. None of them is medical because neither you or I are, are, are medical people, so we're not gonna, I'm not going to ask you the extent <laughs> of the injury. But the, the two burning questions for me are, Clearly, he wasn't fit at least for the fourth and fifth games of that uh, T20 series. So why did he play? And secondly, and this one really perturbs me, is what message did it send to Ollie Stone and, and Mark Wood and, and the other fast bowlers when Owen Morgan would prefer seemingly to play a 60% fit Joffre Archer than someone else who is 100% fit? Um, managers, it's a lot of the time it comes down to the bowler and his interpretation of, of the injury. I'm just going from experience. I'd be wanting to play, even though I've got a little niggle. I'd feel as though I can get myself through four overs. I really do. And when you look when you look at the, the fourth and fifth game, you know, Joffre, he... I don't think his speeds were too, too far down. I think he... I looked at the way England's bowlers were more, I think, mentally fatigued when it comes to decision-making, especially in the last one. Five games in 10 days was, a, well, I think, a big ask for the likes of Archer and Wood. So I think it was more mental fatigue than it was anything sort of physically. There is a problem there, like Chris Silverwood said. We need to get the bottom of it. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how long Joffre misses the IPL, potentially misses the start of the English summer if it goes on beyond the IPL. But the best thing for now, for me, for Joffre Archer, is to get himself fully fit. No bowler is ever fully fit, 100%. You know, you, as a, from a county perspective, you were fully fit on the 1st of March when you came back from five months off in pre-season training. And then from the 1st of March, your little, little parts of your body would be sore. And it was how you manage it. And I think what Joffre Archer's done is Joffre Archer's managed it the best as he possibly can. But now the series is over and you take stock of where you're at, then I think you have to look at the, the a little bit further and what's ahead. And if a period of rest is going to help this elbow injury and eradicate it, then fine, brilliant. I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased for Joffre that he's, he's come out and he's not putting two fingers to anybody because he doesn't need to put two fingers to anybody. But he's come out and he's, right, I'm put, not putting England first, I'm putting Joffre first. My body is going to get fully fit and ready to go again for the next part of my career, which is the English the end of the IPL, if it comes, English summer, and then obviously the, the two big tournaments at the end of the year. But when it comes to, you know, from a, a bowling point of view, you know yourself if you can get through the game at 
a certain certain percentage and you feel as though you're, you're not sort of devaluing the team. And I would imagine there will be the conversations I've had with Joffre for the fourth and fifth game. And Owen Morgan will, again, talk about trust. He'll trust his, trust his bowler to say, right, I can bowl at 90 mile an hour in both games for four overs, not a problem at all. Um, it's the after effect of what comes with an elbow injury. Owen Morgan will have gone, right, not a problem, you're in. And I think that's how the conversation would probably have gone during that period of time. Homie, he's an exceptional cricketer. Um, you know, he puts bums on seats. Uh, you know, I'd happily pay money to watch him. Um, he's he's outstanding. I just wonder, there are others. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, It's definitely. a recurring theme. I would hate to think that he would become a negative distraction. You know, it's it's been going on a, a long time. You know, Joffre's elbow, Joffre's elbow. It's been going on for over a year. And I just wonder, my point about the other players, the other fast bowlers, you know, they, are they thinking... Yeah, we, you can give us a go. You know, there are others around. Yeah, I, I can see you, you, where you're going with this, but I'd also look at it as a, as a from a, a captaincy point of view, from Morgan's point of view, a team point of view. If they're going, if we can get Joffrey Archer to walk out there and he, he convinces us that he can bowl at, you know, the top speed, 90 mile an hour, which he did, um, what message does that send to the next door dressing room? If Joffrey Archer's on that team sheet, when Virat Kohli gets it handed off, Owen Morgan, that sends a big message to the opposition. If no disrespect to Ollie Stone or Chris Wokes or anybody else, but if it says Reese Topley or Ollie Stone, it's a different feel. All of a sudden, you're given a different confidence off. You know, then that is that is something that, from a team point of view, but from Archer, if he feels as though he's fit, there's many times during my career, manners where I've not been actually 100% fit, but I felt as though I had enough in me to get me through that. That given day, that given game, with whether it was anti-inflammatories or you know injections here or injections there, I wanted to play, and it seems that Joffre wants to play, and that's the good thing about it. He gets a lot of stick, this lad, but you've got to remember, this kid is a national treasure. He is some performer when he's on. He's still yet to have that light on red ball consistent moment where he goes to this whole new level but that's going to take time because of the amount of cricket of cross format cricket he plays i think if Joffrey archer plays for seven or eight years he will have a very very good test test cricket record and i think in the one day format he is box office like you said you'd pay money to have him in your in uh, and, and watch him so for me that there says if i can have Joffre at any point, I'm going to have him in my team, regardless of if he is at 95% or at 90%, because it sends a huge message around the around the dressing room of the opposition that we've got Joffre Archer in our side, and he can bowl fast. I find it bizarre. You mentioned uh, the criticism that uh, some people get, you know, he, oh, he doesn't look fully engaged, and why doesn't he bowl at 90 miles an hour all the time, and why does his pace go up and down? And it seems to, to me in my uninformed status as a never a never was fast bowler uh, to be pretty uninformed and um and 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 really sometimes occasionally mindless but as a fast bowler yourself and somebody who has bowled at 90 miles an hour it must infuriate you when you when you see the some of the criticism that he comes in for it does it, it does and I, look i've been critical of of Joffre as well because I, I sometimes you, you you do look and you think yeah little things don't help him 
uh, the the jumper on round his waist, you know, little 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 things where he doesn't look as up. But this is the way he is as a person. As and I think I've got to bite my tongue sometimes with that. We're not robots. It's not an exact science. If you are, if you are slightly off in your action, you're not going to bowl at 90 mile an hour. And I think over the course of a long day of 18 overs bowling and 90 overs in the field. These things do happen, and that's just the nature of the beast of Test match cricket. I still think he's waiting. We've seen some devastating spells in Test match cricket, but I think there's a there's a there's a time and a and a period round the corner. I hope it's this summer going into the Ashes, and I'll go on off experience. Mine was in the Caribbean all them years ago, where I'd play, been to Bangladesh. I'd played against India. I'd played four Test matches in in in. In um, in Australia, but the light on moment was that that that, that period where I went a five for and then another five for and then all of a sudden you now start to feel as though I belong at just Test match level and I'm a performer at Test match level, and I think Jofra's nearly there. He's not far away from that, and hopefully in the summer if he can be fully fit, go through an India batting lineup, then go through them again, all of a sudden you might see Jofra go on a run and you know and, and really be the 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 all round multi format performer that we want him to be, but he, he he does get criticism for the simple fact for me is because he is such a superstar, because he is such a, a game changer, because he is absolute box office, and unfortunately, Joffre, you're going to have to that comes with criticism because you know that's that's the pressure you've put on yourself by the you know by the the way you actually hit international cricket with a white ball. Fair enough. But you know you're going to get that criticism until you do it with a red ball, you know, over the course of a long period of time. And fingers crossed, for England, it's going to be over the course of the next nine months because if England want to win in home against India or even have a chance to win the Ashes, Jofra Archer's got to be one of the big, big performers. Oh, we uh, I was supposed to uh, play you what Chris Silverwood said about uh, uh, the omission from the beginning of the IPL, Harmy. I know that you're pleased with that. So. Uh, he's, you know, the fact that he is, he's, he is going to miss the first half of the IPL. I know the Rajasthan Royals will be pretty upset about it, but let's just hear what Chris Silverwood had to say about that. He needs to get this right. Uh, he needs some time to do that. So we've made space uh, to make sure that we give him the best chance of being successful for England. And, you know, what I mean, all parties agreed on that. Uh, you know, what I mean, and obviously Joffrey was very, you know, what I mean, very sort of keen on that as well. He was, you know, I mean, he wants to be at the World Cup and he wants to be at the Ashes. You know what I mean? So it was. It wasn't a difficult decision by either side. To be honest, I think it was a sensible decision. Well, still to come on the Cricket Collective here on Talksport Two, we'll hear from England all-rounder Liam Livingston. But next up, we'll be heading to Adelaide to see how or to hear how India are shaping up for this uh, three-match series with cricket cricket writer and broadcaster Barrett Sundarayson. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies. In the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Rohit Sharma has taken this one from Adil Rashid and he's put it into the stands over long on. Mark Wood in. Oh, and that's been clambered into by Rohit Sharma and it's gone all the way. Coming down the wicket is Kohli. Hitting into the leg side is Kohli. Hitting over the leg side is Kohli. It's all the way for six. He's in comes Adil Rashid and down the wicket comes Sirakuma and just smashes that for six now. And that's flicked away on the leg side and that's going to go all the way for six. Hardik Pandya. There's a sample of India's embarrassment of riches in the batting department. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and the great Steve Harmison and our preview of England's ODI series against India. If you've missed any of the show so far or you want to catch up, you can listen back to the podcast on the following on feed, now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, we've discussed England's preparations for this series, but it's time now to focus on India and how they're shaping up with cricket writer and broadcaster Barrett Sundaresan, and my good old friend, joins us from his uh, his relatively new home in Adelaide. Hello, Barrett. How are you? Oh, very good, Manners. It just feels like yesterday when we were sipping champagne at Lord's when England were crowned World Cup champions, doesn't it? It feels uh, <laughs> like it was only a moment just happened since. <laughs> so, yeah, doing well, Manners. How are you? How are you, Steve? I'm very well, thank you, Barrett. Uh, very. I listen. Uh, an awful lot has happened. The world's changed, yes. Barrett. Um, uh, but one thing that is not changing, it's still on the up, is uh, is the Indian team. That they're, they're the greatest team on earth. They may well be the greatest team in this uh, uh, beyond earth. Uh, it's extraordinary. I mean, there's unprecedented depth. How are they treating these three ODIs? Do you think? See, ODI cricket is interesting, uh, manners. It's especially in India. It's like the middle child, which uh, does get love. I mean, it's cricket at the end of the day, so people will watch it. But it still has to do something exceptional every time for it to get a lot of attention. You know, so because you know, Test cricket, Test cricket, people will watch it. Uh, there's still a lot of interest there. T uh, Twenties, you know, uh, everybody's uh, everybody loves T Twenty cricket, and especially I, I just. Uh, while you were coming to me, I heard the excitement over in uh, the talk sport 
commentary box <laughs> during those T20s. Yeah, they must have been very exciting. I was fast asleep uh, considering the games wouldn't start before 1 a.m. here. But um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I, I don't think it'll be, uh, they'll be, you know, received with as much excitement as the T20s. But, you know, it takes one Virat Kohli century to change all that. Barrett, how do you think the, the top six of, of India is going to line up? Because there's some different players in from the 2020 series. Uh, I can think of the likes of Shubman Gill and, and obviously yeah, Dao, uh, Shikha Dawan was in there. But are we going to see you know, Virat Kohli back down to the middle order? Can we get, can they get Surikuma Yadav in the, in the same sort of same sort of form in, in, in the batting lineup as um, maybe Shiraz Iyer? Or you know, is it going to be Keir Rahul's? time to shine for three games because he's had a, a little bit of a lean spell and a quiet spell when it comes to game time. Yeah, I mean, the last ODI series they played was in Australia. See, and uh, the one thing they struggled with were, was bowling options. They had they had to play just five bowlers because uh, they had a lengthy tail and Hardik Pandya wasn't bowling enough. and He wasn't bowling fit at that point. Uh, KL Rahul, you speak about now with Rishabh Pant being like, you know, uh, the player he's become in the last three months, he might, KL Rahul might miss out because KL Rahul has been playing as a wicketkeeper and a sort of finisher in that middle order. But now with Rishabh Pant back, uh, maybe KL Rahul misses out. He's not been in the best of form. Uh, Rohit Sharma was missed in Australia. So uh, he and he looked like he's getting better and better with each outing. So uh, he should get right back on top. Uh, Shikhar Dhawan and Rohit Sharma have been such a formidable opening combination for so many years. Uh, maybe the only way I look at KL Rahul playing is if he goes back to the top of the order in place of Shikhar Dhawan. Uh, but the, the return of Hardik Pandya, the bowler, adds a lot of balance. Uh, and I won't be surprised if, uh, I know you asked me about the top six, but uh, Krunal Pandya comes in as a like-for-like replacement for Jadeja, but he's also been in uh, extraordinary form. So um, that will just add so much more depth to this Indian team, which, because it was lacking uh, during that series in Australia. Barrett, I know there are two words that can get you talking for half an hour, but uh, I'll, I'll have to rein you in. Uh, those two words are Virat Kohli. Um, so, what, what's the word on the what's the word on the on the on the quiet? Uh, I'm sure you, you might you might have heard what happened between him and Joss Butler when Butler was dismissed. Uh, Kohli said something to him, which obviously caused uh, Butler to to stop on his way back to the change room. He turned and walked three or four quite aggressive paces towards Kohli for a brief moment there. We were worried that he might lift his bat and stuff. But um, were, were you expecting any action to be taken against Firat or at least a match referee to say something? That was pretty extreme. It looked like uh, he, I, I don't know what, because it takes a lot to get Joss Butler all riled up. Like he's like the coolest cat on the field generally. Uh, maybe he was talking about... Uh, Ravi Chandra Nashwin and the Mankard with the IPL coming up. I don't know. But uh, it, it sounded like it was there were some angry words there. Uh, but I, I'd be surprised if no action gets taken because uh, it did not look good on camera. And these days, uh, that counts for a lot more. And I'll stop myself there, Manus. And and what about the the all the the you know the the roadshow moves to to Pune? What are we expecting that's going to be like? It's a little bit of a. It seems to be a bigger ground, slower pitch. Is it going to be more mm. spin friendly? Um, and you know the, the the quick bowlers are not going to be as effective. 
Uh, Pune is an interesting ground. It makes me homesick because every time there was a game in Pune, I used to, and you said road show as well, so I used to get onto the uh, wonderful Bombay Pune highway and drive down to that ground. It's a lovely venue. It's open. You can see the hill uh, on one side and uh, just off the highway. Uh, and there are a few balls which lined up on the highway because there it's a ground where the ball travels a long way. Uh, a lot of runs do get scored. Uh, it's not been the most pin-friendly wicket and I'm sure England will not have forgotten their last game there when they made 350 and Kedar Jadav uh, scored an extraordinary again, brilliant century and they chased it down in India. So a lot of runs do get scored there but India were beaten last time. They played an ODI in Pune. Uh, and more than anything, you'll see a lot of pictures of dogs because it's famous for having this massive kennel which has all sorts of dogs. Uh, and now I don't know whether the spectators are allowed or not for uh, the series. Uh, so they'll be the only audience, more or less. Uh, and it's, it's, it's like I said, it, it, there will be some bounce on the pitch though. So uh, I've seen some guys who hit the pitch kind of benefit from that pitch. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see, but there will be a lot of runs scored. And, and finally, Barrett, or it may not be finally, but um, uh, is attention so firmly shifted now towards the IPL that uh, that that's all that Indian fans are, are focusing on now? And and your thoughts about the expansion of the IPL from next year onwards? I mean, it's um, it's taking over much as many of us predicted it would a few years ago. Yeah, it was inevitable, right, man? It was always um, going to get bigger and brighter and... Uh, we, we, you know, more teams, more players. So, uh, that's, I mean, it is an un unstoppable beast, which the IPL, uh, you see it with broadcast rights, you see it with the money that gets paid for players these days. I'm sure Steve Harmison is just, uh, like every cricketer who just missed the IPL is uh, <laughs> ruining the fact that you are around now. Big fast bowlers are going for a lot of money, Steve. They are going <laughs> so, for a lot of money. Uh, it's, <laughs> they really are a good time to be a fast bowler. Uh, and the thing is, yes, the attention would slowly shift. You saw even when Prasid Krishna was picked, I saw there were some uh, uh, people who were like a little uh, angry on Twitter because people kept referring to him as Kolkata Knight Riders Prasid Krishna and not Karnataka's Prasid Krishna. So the focus has shifted. Like I said, one day cricket, yeah, there's nothing really to look forward to. The World Cup is, will be in India, but that's two years from now. Uh, so, yeah, but no stopping the IPL, Matt. Indeed. Well, uh, let's hope that the biosecure bubble uh, is uh, intact. I mean, they're using, are they still using five venues? As a, they were originally, they were planning on using just three. Yeah. I think they expanded it to six, but it's a, and uh, use an Aussie expression here, like I've spent two and a half years, it's a moving feast, mate. So uh, everything's still up in the air. Uh, Maharashtra, for example, where I think the, Mumbai was one of the venues. So uh, it, it's going back into sort of a semi-lockdown. The case is rising again. Uh, so you never know uh, till the IPL starts how it's going to be held. But uh, that's one good one thing we know with the BCCI and the IPL. They'll make it happen somehow or the other. But as of now, I think it's still six venues. Fantastic to talk to you, my old friend. Cheers, Barrett. Keep well. Uh, cheers, guys. Yeah, always a pleasure. You're listening to The Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. Uh, in the final part of the show, we'll discuss the importance of the series again and hear from England all-rounder Liam Livingston. Coming down the wicket is Coley. Hitting into the leg side is Coley. Hitting over the leg side is Coley. It's all the way for six. One slip for Wood as he goes into... Oh, bowled him! 
Daryl Stump at 45 degrees. Chaharlin again. Butler's down the wicket again. Butler smashed him for six again. In again, Chaharlin is just smashed back over his head by Bearstow for another huge six. Mark Wood in. Oh, and that's been clambered into by Rohit Sharma, and it's gone all the way. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 in our preview of England's upcoming ODI series against India. We'll bring you every ball live and exclusive here on TalkSport 2 and our coverage of the first ODI begins at 7.30am on Tuesday morning. Um, Harmi, we spoke briefly about some of the, the, the fringe players. Rhys Topley, you mentioned, um, Matt Parkinson... I'd like to uh, ask you about him and his chances of playing as a second spinner. I presume he'll be a second spinner behind uh, Moen Ali. But first of all, we mentioned in the very first part of the programme, Joe Root um, not being there. Um, so I-, I meant to ask you then, who's going to bat at three, do you think? I just, this, I just think it's going to be Ben Stokes. I don't, think, I don't see how anybody else fits in. Um, other than Stokes, if we go off the last team that was going to play in South Africa, Roy Best of Stokes was Stokes was the omission; he was having a rest, but he was he wasn't involved. Sorry, so you had Roy Besto, it would have been Root, Morgan, Billings, Butler, Moen Ali. That would have been the top seven. The only difference in this squad is is Stokes for Root in that in that respect. So I can only see Billings isn't going to bat three. Um, I can't see them sticking with Josh Butler at the top of the order. Then Bairstow batting three. Um, if they do, if they do that, they've pulled a, a left field one. Do they go Mo and Ali at number three uh, to get an extra bowler in the side potentially? But the way I look at it, Billings has done well in One Day Cricket in recent times. Butler's a keeper. Morgan's a captain. Bairstow and Roy are your World Cup openers who have did really really well. Ben Stokes, a premier all-rounder, who bats at three. I actually think it's a good thing for England, and it's a good thing for Ben because he, he hasn't he hasn't had the, the time in the middle he would like, and this is potentially the time in the middle that he possibly needs going into the IPL and then into the summer just to really give him a kickstart. So for me, Ben Stokes bats at number three. One man you didn't mention there is Liam Livingston. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder whether he sees himself as a potential number three, but... Um, we uh, he was talking a little bit earlier this week about the step up from domestic cricket to international cricket and being a, a massive learning curve. I said in the three or four years since I made my debut, um, I was probably in the worst place cricket-wise I could have been in when I played uh, played them a couple of games. I tried to make a change in my technique two or three weeks before and it completely didn't work for me. And um, I think ultimately, looking back, it was a it was a really steep learning curve for me and I guess um, it probably did me some good in the next couple of years it, it sort of um, gave me a kick up the backside and it made me work harder and um, yeah like I said I'm a completely different person now completely different player I'm really confident in my game at the moment and it's it's nice to be back in this environment and, and feel like I belong here so yeah like I said if I get an opportunity I'm sure uh, things will be much different this time around. I described him as um an all-rounder, that which may be slightly flattering. Um, he's a batsman who bowls a bit. Matt Parkinson is certainly um, a bowler. And, and the uh, perceived wisdom, Harmy, from some people is that uh, Matt Parkinson is, as a leg spinner, a little bit too slow through the air, um, that uh, he, you know, he doesn't have uh, that, that zip um, that is, can be so important. And that, and that I've heard it said 
that um, because he plays his home, <laughs> his home games at Old Trafford, which is one of England's bigger grounds, he has um, more people caught on the boundary than uh, than other spinners might have the luxury of doing. Is that is that all totally unfair? I think it's a, a, a tad unfair. I think if you get picked for an international, you've 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 are in squads and you know the, the invested a lot of time and resources into to Matt Parkinson to hope that he develops and this could be a chance to have a look and and see what he's about. They've only picked 14 men and a 14 man squad, so. They've got three quite experienced players on the sidelines in reserve, but out of the look at the likes of Liam Livingston and Matt Parkinson, it, it will Morgan give them a chance to have a go in possibly two out of the three games? Um, and you just never know, man, do you really? You've you've been around quite a bit of, of, of international cricket and you have this perception of a player coming in, whether he's a fast bowler. Does he bowl too short? Does he bowl full, too full? How does he cope with the atmosphere well Matt Parkinson's going to get his chance if if people think he does bowl bad balls that get wickets on the boundary then let's let's see what he's got if he bowls too slow can we make a judgment when he's playing against the likes of Virat Kohli and Rohit Sharma and all these guys so it'll be an exciting time for Matt Parkinson if he does get a game um, I've not seen I've seen enough of him to think that he the kid does bowl some wicket-taking balls. Yes, there's some bad balls in there, but that's leg spin. So does Adil Rashid, and he's been one of England's best ball performers for, for a number of years now. How do you fit them both in the same side? I don't think you can. So it'll be a case of if Parkinson plays, Rashid doesn't, um, because I would imagine with all the stuff that's been said, Moad Ali will play three of these, of all three of the one days, uh, the 50 over games, batting at number seven and bowling his 10 overs. So it'll be a case of which leg spinner players. I'd imagine Rashid will play the first and fingers crossed, hopefully Parkinson gets a second and all them questions that everybody's asking will be asked of the young Lancastrian and fingers crossed he's got positive answers because we know our, we know when we talk about cricket manners, we love a leg spinner, we love a fast bowler, we love somebody different. And if we can unearth a little gem in Parkinson, fingers crossed for England. Yeah, well, absolutely. And also, if Matt Parkinson doesn't play, um, it's uh, going to be a heck of a long time in the subcontinent. Abs- uh, absolutely. Him, a bit like Chris Wokes. So let's let's hope he does get a game. Uh, now, let's talk Reese Topley. Um, are you a fan? Yes, I am a fan. It's just... Reese Topley's another one. It's it's can you it's how can you, how long can you keep Reese fit for? When he first came on the scene, it was it was just after the time that when England won the T20 and World Cup in t- uh, 2010, and all the all the talk of 2020 stuff was was left armour. We've got to have a left armour. Ryan Sidebottom was brilliant for England, and Reese Topley came about just after that, a few years after that, and England thought, well, we've got another one here. Can we build a, a bowling attack in the shorter format around a, a big, tall left armour? Um, and it was just a case of keeping Reese on the park. And there's question, there's no question for me on his ability. It's just a little bit like to the Mark Woods and, and a few others that how many times can you get him in a row to play a game? So I think gently, gently, you'll probably play a couple of games. Um, we've got a shorter left armour in, in Sam Curran, relatively similar speeds in around that 80, 80 mile an hour mark, both swing it. So it'll be a case of how much Morgan wants to, Owen Morgan wants to tinker and have a look at his bowling attack. Imagine the top seven will pretty much look the same from a batting point of view. And it'll be a case of can can Reese Topley force his way in and potentially play three 
three games, two games with, with the brand new white ball. I can't imagine Mark Wood playing all three 50-over cricket matches in a short space of time after the the, the, the T20s, five games, five games in 10 days. So I'd imagine there'll be a lot of tinkering with the bowling side of it. And Rhys is going to get his chance. You know, he's, he's not express pace. He's not whippy through the air um, or on action. He's quite languid when he comes in. But he, he swings the ball. He hits the deck hard. He's a different angle. And again, alongside, like Matt Parkinson, yeah, he, hopefully he's going to get his chance to shine and let England supporters see what he's got and see what, what future is out there for, for England's attack. Because, again, said it, in all formats of the game, if you've got a left armour who can swing the ball, you know, you've got... You've got you know, ridiculous options when it comes to the bowling department with Wood, Archer, Stone, and then the Broad and Anderson. If you can put a left armour in there, who can swing it? You know, England have got all, then I've got all bases covered. Army, just finally, um, it's occurred to me that your mate, Mark Wood, might be the perfect replacement for Jofra Archer for that first half of the IPL. And Rajasthan Royals director of cricket, Kumar Sangakkara, justified spending over a million and a half dollars on Chris Morris because he said he wanted someone to back mm. up uh, Jofra, and so that was going to be the backbone of their attack. Now Jofra's not going to be there, at least for the first half. Um, uh, that would uh, Mark Wood would be the perfect replacement, wouldn't he? He would for me. Uh, I, I don't see anybody else around the world who has got the experience in India wh where they are now just to ask him to stay on. But whether the ECB would be too happy with that. I think if I was Mark Wood, as much as I'd want to be coming home because I could get my family back out in, into India if they were willing to come out there, I think I'd rather be bowling in the IPL than bowling at Durham in April and, April and early May in, what, three, four, possibly five degrees. Uh, it could be a different it'd be a different place to bowl. But, I, I, Manners, I'm, I'm all with you, I think. If, if they are, if Registan are looking for a replacement, a wicket-taking replacement... I don't think there'll be many better bowlers the way they're bowling at the minute than than Mark Wood or a different option would be would be someone like Adil Rashid. So, for me, Kumar Sangakkara has to have a good look at what's happening with this this England team over the course of these three games, and if Wood bowls anywhere near as as fast as he did for for England in the in the 2020s, I think a tap on the shoulder because there's there's a relationship there. Mark Wood and Kumar Sangakkara played a bit of cricket together at Durham. I know Mark Wood speaks very highly of Kumar. Um, and for me, I would have a conversation to see if I could get him to replace Jofra Archer. Great stuff, uh, Army. Wonderful as always. Uh, no doubt we'll be uh, chatting again soon. So England lose the Test Match Series 3-1 and the T20 Series 3-2. Can they bounce back with a consolation victory in the three one-day internationals? You've been listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 and our preview of England's upcoming ODI Series against India. Don't forget, you can hear live and exclusive ball-by-ball -ball commentary of the three matches here on TalkSport 2 starting this Tuesday morning at 7.30. Thanks for listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, 
the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 